Okay, grab your Bibles. Um, go to the book of Exodus. Um, I am going to, you know, the Bible kind of says give credit where credit is due. Um, this is what I love about my church family um, is that you guys listen intensively to the messages that are being preached. And when something strikes you, you don't hesitate to um, come up and say to me, um, here's what God showed me. Um, so the other Steve, stand up for a second, stand up for a second, yeah. Yeah, this dude came, uh, came to me, was it last week or two weeks ago? Was it last week? When you came and you don't even remember, huh? And kind of blew my mind with some insight into the text. And so I want to share one thing this morning. Um, it's really just one point, my big idea that I was hoping to finalize the series today. I'll do it next week. Guaranteed. We'll be done next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> Prayed about this, you know, because there's one thing we have to make the shift. Um, Eddie says to me, you know, our production people keep track of this stuff, and they kind of put it up on iPods and iTunes. What's the podcasting? And they're like, Dad, that's a long series. I know, I know, but God keeps talking. I keep trying to tell him be quiet, but he keeps talking, you know. So, but when he talks, you want to listen, right? You want to hear from God, yeah. So I want to share with you something today that, that my goal and my hope is that we avoid Aaron's mistake. Okay? Yeah, I, I, want, I, want, I want us to get there. I want us to avoid Aaron's mistake. And if you have not been following us with the series. Um, you can podcast them. Understand they're all online on iTunes. So go listen and get caught up. If this is your first Sunday, you might feel as if you're out of context. I'll do the best I can to keep us all in context, you know. But um, this is just very, very important to me because uh, as we talk about transitioning to the season of more than enough, we keep, uh, and notice I'm using inclusive terms, we keep sinning. Are you with me? And, and sometimes we do these sins that upset God and delays our progress. So we want to slow that stuff down. We want, to, we want to slow that stuff down and be more in tune to what God is saying, to hear God. So I want to teach you a couple of things this morning. So today, I just need to be pastoral for a little while. Is that all right? Can I be pastoral and a little bit of prophetic this morning um, just to kind of share what, what the text is saying. So just want to talk, just want to read. And there's a lot of literary context, so we'll back up a little bit just to show you some things so I can land on what I want to share with you this morning. Amen? So you guys are in Exodus chapter 32? Yes, sir. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk. But before I pray, do me a, 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 a favor. Turn to the person next to you. And like I always do, say, neighbor, neighbor. avoid building a golden calf. By obeying God's word. Yeah, yeah, come on, turn to the other direction. It's the other neighbor. Avoid building a golden calf by obeying God's word. Yeah, and if you want to know what that golden calf is, um, jump into the message. I mean, the, grab the previous messages and then you're going to hear what God is saying. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for you. As I share this morning, as we allow your word to speak this morning, Speak through me uh, that I may say only what you want said. I may stay true to the author's original intent for the passage. And I not deviate and isogeet the text by saying what Felix once said. And at least to maintain the integrity of the passage, Lord, if that is to happen, I can be like Paul and say, I am speaking, not the Lord. So we can be open to, to hear what you once said, Lord, and not our opinions and our thoughts. So it's so easy to fall into the trap of, of Aaronism, if I could use that term. And it's, gosh, the enemy uses it all day long. So open our hearts to hear, open our hearts to be in tune, and let us stay true to God's word. So speak through me. I die. You move and have your way. You live. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Exodus chapter 32. Um, I'm going to read just a couple of verses and then um, I'll walk you through some literary stuff. Let me set up where we're coming back to by looking at verse 1. And we've been in this chapter, gosh, it's probably a record amount of time. <laughs> yeah. So let me um, read verse 1 and I'm going to just point some things out that I need you to kind of put a pin 
on so we can hear from God. I'm in the ESV in case you're wondering. If you're there, say amen. And um, it, those that's been tracking, we also have the sermon notes online at Bible.com. You can search for Live Event Restoration Christian Fellowship, and we're there. People all over the world kind of keeps emailing me and asking for that stuff, so it's out there. Um, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Verse 2 says, So Aaron said to them, Take off your rings of gold that are in your ears. That's the problem right there. Um, off your wives. Don't never take nothing off your wife. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it like a graven tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Another problem. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast of the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Now, let me narrate seven. We've been here, so I don't need to waste time with that. God gets upset. God tells Moses what's going on, okay? Um, verse, seven, verse 11, Moses is now intervening and says to God, don't kill him. Give them a second chance. I find that to be interesting. Um, then when you get to verse 15 all the way to 21, Moses comes down the mountain and Moses encounters the people in that he sees them doing exactly what God said they were doing. And then Moses gets mad. Yeah. And he does, he just jacks everybody up. Yeah, that's, that's some stuff, you know. Um, let, me, let me read this because this is funny. Verse 15. When Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of testimonies hand, in his hands, tablets that were written on both sides and on the front and on the back, they were written. The tablets were the work of God and the writing, the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people uh, as they shouted, he said to Moses, these there's a noise of war in the camp, but he said, this is not the sound of shouting for victory or the sound of the cry of defeat, but it's the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, let me summarize, Moses got indignant. <laughs> this is what's funny about that, because I had a Moses experience this week myself. I was sharing with the brothers Saturday morning. Moses comes down. I mean, the text is saying that he's walking out of the presence of God, right? And he's, he has the word of God, and, and this thing is so holy. He said this thing has writing on the front, and it has writing on the back, and it was written by the very hand of God. So here's Moses just flowing under the anointing, flowing in the spirit. Then he comes down, and he saw the calf, and he lost it, and just kind of threw that thing. And y'all know the story, how it goes, and all that good stuff, and what happened. Now look at verse 21. Let me jump to 21. And Moses said to Aaron... Golly, what did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? Okay? It's as if Moses is saying in verse 21, how dare you, Aaron? What's wrong with you? Listen to what Aaron's excuse is. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know these people, they ain't nothing but sinners. That's what he said. They're all set on evil. They said to me, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Verse 24. So I said to them, let any who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it in the fire. Man, and out came this calf. <laughs> That's some stuff, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that? 
How long have we been reading it and never saw that, right? You know, I, I don't know what happened, Moses. You know, they just, they just approached me, and they gave me their gold, and, man, I just threw it in the fire, and bam, it's like, whoa, God worked a miracle. A calf showed up. So I figured God must have did it, so I said, let's build an altar, right? This is some crazy stuff. <laughs> Sounds like me, though. Sounds like me when I'm justifying my sin before God. Come on, y'all. And I'm venturing to say it sounds like some of us in here when we're justifying what we're doing before God. We might not say, out came a calf, but we say to God, you know my heart. <laughs> we might say it that way, right? So I want us to talk about what went wrong with Aaron. What, what did Aaron do wrong? Did he not know better? Why did he make the choice that he made? So we can learn from Aaron's mistake and not make the same choices that Aaron made. Are you with me? And we avoid building the golden calf by obeying God. So I want to give you just a little bit of background information. So back up with me. Let me, and I'm going to move you quick because you don't have time to look at all the instances. I just want to give you some information about Aaron. And then there's, there's, there's really one thing that I want to share with you. But I'm going to divide it in three different areas. Go to chapter 7. Real quick, let me just read. I'm just going to read chapter 7 of Exodus, Exodus chapter 7. And um, I want to just show you some information pertaining to Aaron, and then we can walk through there. Now, you guys are quiet, so I'm with Derek. Come on, say, tell us, preacher. Tell us, preacher. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Talk back to me. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. Yeah, let's, let's, let's walk through this. Okay, now to give you information before I read what I'm going to read, you all know that when God called Moses, Moses started to make excuses about his inability to speak. Everybody remember that, right? In case you don't know, just pretend as if you knew it all along. Good information, read it when you get home. And so to keep Moses on task, God said to him, this is very, very important information. Hey, Moses, I know you have an impediment, leadership principle here. So I am going to surround you with somebody who is strong where you are weak. Are you with me? If you a stutterer, I got somebody who's got the gift to gab. It's in there, y'all. You got to read the story. Once you read it, you'll see it, okay? I don't have time to read all of that. So God says to Moses, hey, remember you have a brother by the name of Aaron. Now, here's some free information that I'm going to give you, and I hope you don't miss it when I say it later on. It's been more than 40 years now since Moses has seen Aaron. Y'all knew this, you just didn't put it in this framework. Are you with me? It's been a long time, I'm going to come back to that in a little while, since Moses has seen Aaron. Because you do remember, Moses was on the run. And he had left Egypt, right? So he wasn't coming back doing no conjugal or, or family visit. I ain't seen my mama in a while, so I'm going to go to Egypt. No, because had he shown up, you know what would happen. Are you with me? He was on the run because he had killed an Egyptian leader. So his life, he had wanted signs all over the Egyptian post office saying, wanted, dead or alive. That jerker was not going back. Come on. So chapter 7 now picks up. Now watch this. And the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you. This is in the middle of the conversation. Like what? God to Pharaoh. And I love the fact that they capitalize God, at least in my translation in the Hebrew, it's the word Elohim, which is equivalent to saying, I, Moses, am placing me in you. So when you show up in the presence of Pharaoh, it's no different than me being there. My oh, God. I got to get this. Are you with me? That's, that, that's what Elohim says. It's, it's, it's almost as if God is calling Moses just like he calls himself. The difference is Moses is an all-supreme, so he's not identified as Yahweh, but he's identified as Elohim, meaning I am placing my spirit in you, so when you show up in front of Pharaoh, I'm there. Are you with me? Come on, talk to me, y'all. Say amen if you're here. So now watch this. This is deep. This is deep, okay? So you're God to Pharaoh, your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. 
What does prophets do? Speak on behalf of who? So I'm giving you a mouthpiece. Y'all with me? Because you can't talk. I know somebody who has the gift of gab. <laughs> and if you're representing God, then you need a prophet. Somebody represent you. You guys are tracking with me? Okay. Look at verse 2. You shall speak all that I command, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of the land. Now, I don't need to read you the rest of that. So, Moses, I'm going to talk to you, and Aaron's going to speak for you. I'm going to talk to you, Moses, and Aaron is going to speak for you. Are you getting me? Okay, so now jump down, jump down to um, verse 7. Verse 7 is just free information. Moses was 80 years old um, when, and Aaron was how old? 83. That means Aaron was a little older than Moses when they spoke. And I love the, the inclusive pronoun. It's a plural pronoun. They spoke to Pharaoh. That's interesting because the one with the gift of gab was doing all the talking. And Moses was just reeling and standing in the back saying this is what God said. And then Aaron spoke. You guys, see how the movie be jacking stuff up? Aaron ain't even in the picture and Moses doing all the talking. Okay? Now watch this, okay? Verse 9 now, when Pharaoh says, um, no, let me, let me see if I want to hit that real quick. Yeah, verse 9. Uh, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, you shall then say to what? Aaron. Take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh that it may become a serpent. So Moses, uh, so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord said. And look at the next phrase. Uh, Aaron, you see that? Aaron did what? Cast down his staff before who? Pharaoh, his servant, and it became what? A serpent. Okay? Um, and you can on and on and on and on. Let me just illustrate really, really quick so in case y'all missed this. So Pharaoh's sitting on his throne. Um, Moses is standing, I don't know, um, in proximity to the throne. Um, but it seems to me now that Moses, Pharaoh, I'm sorry, Aaron is carrying Moses' staff. And Moses stands and he just says, put the staff down because he don't deserve me talking to him. Put it down and let it turn to a servant. And so Aaron, being the prophet, does what, this is metaphor, God says. You guys are with me, right? Okay. Now, very, very important that we not miss that. So I want you to see uh, Aaron acting on behalf of, of Pharaoh, serving as the voice of God. Now, um, jump down to verse 19. Let me show you the same thing again. Verse 19, and just a little bit of literary context here, and I'm going to move quick. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, take your staff, stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt. And you all know the story. Um, Aaron does it. The water becomes blood. But what's important that I want you to see in the plague situation, God speaks to Moses. Moses speaks to Aaron, and Aaron acts on behalf of God. Everybody okay with that? Y'all see what I'm saying? Okay. It's not Moses doing. Moses is just simply vocalizing what God says. Aaron is the um, executioner is not the right word. The person, the, who, the person who does it, execute. Well, he executes. Executioner sounds like the killer, you know. But he does. He makes it happen, okay. Now, go over with me. Let me jump ahead real quick. Go over to chapter 19. Let me start to show you some things real quick, and I'm skipping a lot, Okay. Um, but I just need to give you just enough context to arrive at what I want to arrive at here. Um, and then jump down, what verse is it? Let me see. 19, jump down to about verse 18 or so. Let me go here real quick. Um, let me see here. Let's go, to, uh, no, that's too far up. Um, yeah. Verse, what is it? Jump down to verse 16, yeah. And I'm doing this out of context, just so you can kind of get a feel, okay. On the morning, what verse did I say, 16? Yeah. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings, a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, so that the people were trembled, okay. And Moses um, brought the people out of the camp to meet who? That's very, very important. He brought them out the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at where? 
the foot of the mountain. Okay, so real quick, God's calling a business meeting now. And he calls everybody. He says, come meet me. And Moses brings the people, and they're standing at the base of Sinai. You guys are with me? Okay? And look at verse 24. Just need to talk real quick. 24. And the Lord um, said to him, Moses now, go down and come up, bring in who? Where? With you. Very, very important information. So Moses, I'm about to talk to the people. Here's what I want you to do now. Before I say anything, I want you to go down and grab Aaron and bring him up with you since he is your voice or mouthpiece so he can hear what I'm about to say. So he can get it right. You guys are you tracking with me? Okay, then chapter 20. And God spoke all these words saying... I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods. But Come on, y'all know this. You shall not make for yourself a graven or a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in the heaven above or on the earth beneath or that is in the water below. You shall not bow down to it. You shall not serve it. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third and the fourth generation. I'm at verse 6. You guys are tracking with me. Go to verse um, 7. It, he goes on with the commandments, blah, 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 blah. Okay? Now jump all the way ahead to... Um, let me see where, where it is, to verse 22, okay? Yeah. Look at verse 22 of the same chapter. And the Lord, after all the commandments, he repeats again. And the Lord said to Moses, thus you shall say to the people of Israel, you have seen for yourselves that I have spoken or talked to you from heaven. So the people now know I speak to you. Look at verse 23. And he repeats, don't make any gods of what? silver to be uh, with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of what? It was clear. You guys are with me, right? It was clear. Come on, say it was clear. Okay. And then verse 24, this is even, I found this even interesting. An altar of earth you shall make for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings your sheep, your oxen, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered. Interesting stuff. Now, go over to chapter 24. We're getting there. Let me, we're almost there, y'all. We're almost, Exodus chapter 20 and 24. Are you guys tracking with me? Nice. Okay, come on. Say, preacher, we with you. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, good. I love that. So, um, let's walk. Verse 9. Chapter 24, verse 9. Now, we're almost there. Okay. Say amen if you're there. Now watch this. Then Moses, I feel like I need to give you a little bit of context. Um, God's inviting Moses and Aaron back up. Let me just say that much. Verse 9. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, these are Aaron's children, okay, who are destined for the Aaronic priesthood. You guys are tracking with me? And the 70 elders of Israel... Israel went up, and this one threw me for a while, and they saw the God of Israel. That one threw me, okay? And here's the description. There under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heavens for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. Don't miss verse 11. Let me paraphrase in case you are struggling with this. They saw God, verse 11 say, and God did not kill them. All right? Okay? And, and, and to make matter worse, he had a barbecue with them. Can you imagine eating and drinking with God? Lord have mercy. You think I'd be the most holy person after that? I'm not talking just walk with him and talk with him. I mean, you can't barbecue like God, y'all. Yeah. 
I know I'm making this light, but I want you all to wrestle with me. The text says they got up there, and it pointedly says, and he didn't kill them because somebody in here is going to say to me, there's other references that says no man has seen God and lived. Matter of fact, when Moses first encountered God, y'all know the story, God said to him, turn his head so he could walk through, and God saw, he saw the backside of God as he passed through the mountain. Here now it's saying, and they saw God. And, and what I like about the text, the text says Aaron was there and his boys and the elders of Israel, okay? Now, let's keep going. Let's keep going, okay? Um, verse 12, and the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tablets of stone which the law and the commandment, with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. Verse 13, so Moses rose with his assistant Joshua and went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, pertinent information, wait here. There's, there's one thing to get into the out of courts. There is one thing to get into the chamber, but there's another thing to get into the holy of holies. So, so there are certain places, y'all can see him, but there are certain places you can't go. So, so wait here for a little while, okay? Until, wait here for us, verse 14, until we return to you. Now watch this. And behold, Aaron and her are where? With you. Okay? Whoever has a what? Dispute. Let him go where? This is critical stuff, guys. This is what's messing me up in the text. Because this is my problem, and I think this is your problem that we're going to see. Verse 14, and he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Verse 15, then Moses went up to the mountain. The cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Sinai. The cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people people of Israel. So everybody saw this, everybody heard it, everybody knew what was going on. Verse 18, Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was with the Lord for how long? Forty days and for what? Don't miss verse 14. Look at verse 14, okay? The whole time, let me paraphrase, Moses was up with the Lord. The instruction was handed down to Aaron and her. You are in charge. I read all that I read to say this. If they need to know where God is, you know. That's the reason I took you up to show you where he lives. That's the reason I took you up to see what fellowship with, I wish I had, I can't even preach this like, what fellowship with him is really like. Are you with me? Because now Aaron, when you encounter the people, it's not something you heard, it's something you've seen, something you've experienced, something you know who God really is. So it's not like I'm going up here and I'm pretending like I'm just going somewhere, I'm coming back, I'm taking you with me so you can experience him for yourself. Gosh, you got to get this. So listen, y'all. I need to go get God's word. So while I'm gone, Aaron is in charge. Aaron now has become God's mouthpiece. Everybody okay? Do this to me. Say, I am God's mouthpiece. Say it again. Say, I am God's mouthpiece. One more time. Say, I am God's mouthpiece. That's the New Testament theology that we're going to get to in a little while. Because you are the errands of your own life. Come on, talk to me this morning. Uh, we're talking New Testament right now. Now, let's get back. Go back, go back, go back with me to the Old Testament. Let me show you the problem. Jump over to chapter 32. Exodus 32. 
32 verse 1. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Lord, help me. You guys are there? Here's where we were. So when the people saw that Moses hadn't come back yet, delayed to come down from the mountain, they gathered themselves together, and that word too is a problem because in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word al, right, al, but the trick with the word is that in the cow and the nifal root, these are Hebrew roots, it means something different. But because it's translated into English, we translated it too. Um, but if you were to read it in the original, in all the instances where Moses used the word, it was used in a controversial sense and it wasn't translated too. So here is what it would sound like. And so the people gathered together and rose up against Aaron. Let me help you. Hey, Aaron, Moses hadn't come back yet. Shouldn't you be telling us what God wants? How come you haven't said nothing yet? Maybe, Aaron, you've been perpetrating. Maybe, Aaron, you don't really know who God is. Maybe you had heard what he said, but you don't know how to walk it out. Maybe, Aaron, and, and, and y'all know this, these people are good for calling business meetings. Ain't nothing like an Israelite business meeting. Six million folks show up, you're going to do something. <laughs> this is not like our Wednesday night business meeting. When you call business meeting, you stay home, just tell me what happened, girl. No, these folks showed up. So they called a meeting, listen to this, against Aaron. Okay? Look at the next phrase, okay? Listen to what they says, and this is where the translation starts to come back. Up, they said, emphatically. In other words, Get up and make us gods, or get up and do something. Get up and say something. Get up and act, because we don't know what to do, because God seems silent, and he left you in charge to speak on his behalf. Remember, if you have a dispute, go to Aaron, because he knows where to find us. He knows where God is. He knows where I am. He knows how to speak. But for some reason, something happened where Aaron stays silent and the people got to him. The crowd. Come on, say the crowd. Say it again, say the crowd. That's my problem. And that's your problem. The problem, can I just say this to us? The problem with a lot of us is the crowd don't have to show up in numbers. They just show up in your house through the television. And they call a meeting with you because they're saying, in your house, aren't you the voice of God? So it seems like God isn't talking in this house. So we're going to say something for you. Make us gods. <laughs> and we make the same doggone mistake that Aaron did. We act as if God had not spoken to us. We act as if we don't know what his voice sounds like. We act as if we've never been in his presence. We act as if we don't know where to find him. <laughs> Can we talk this morning, y'all? Because I don't want us to do this Aaron thing no more. It gets, it gets old. It gets, it gets old. Are you with me? And then we got to come up with, with, you know my heart. No, let's know his word. And then let's put his word in our heart. So when he looks at our heart, he sees his word, not the flesh. <laughs> Are you with me? Come on, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And so Aaron stays silent as opposed to speaking what 
he had heard me. Come on, he was there when the commandments were issued. He had a lot of practice, at least 10 times, where he went before Pharaoh and he had to say, thus said the Lord. Come on, it wasn't like he was inexperienced. He had practice, he had opportunity, but something happened when they said to him, what is God saying, Aaron? And then the people, the crowd, the culture, I'm going to connect this back and forth, force him to adjust to the culture as opposed to adjusting to God. My sin is not with what God told me. It's with what I see in the culture. It's what the culture is forcing me to do. In spite of the fact that I have fellowship with God, in spite of the fact that I'm authorized to be the voice of God, come on, come on, talk to me. In fact, of the fact that, that God has, let me go here, I'm going to hit this in a little while, transferred authority to me. The culture still influences me. And I build a calf at the request of the culture. Y'all love me? Y'all sure y'all love me? I mean, numbers are going down. Y'all be like, he's just preaching too hard. He's trying to get folks saved. You know? <laughs> but I got to do what God says. Three principles, um, and the last one is what I really want to hang out with. Can y'all get that, that first one up there? Um, I just kind of want to talk to this, and I want to put them up there so y'all can see it. Okay. Culturally, number one, never align yourself with people who are crowd pleasers. Stick with the God-appointed leader. Yeah. Um, hear, hear my heart and hear the spirit in what I'm saying. And at the risk of sounding self-serving, and I'm not trying to be self-serving at all, I want to help us all in our leadership, in our ministry, in our growth, in our going forth, okay? And this is kind of off topic a little bit, but I just need to say this. There's a lot of people who see what you do in ministry and has a second conversation saying, if I was in charge, I would do it this way. Now, the caution with that is God didn't call them. You get what I'm saying? But because we think, you know what I mean? Because we think, we think we know so much, we follow the people, and we abandon the order of God. Last I checked, Aaron was still the prophet. He hadn't become God yet. Still second in command. You get what I'm saying? So when the instruction came to him, hey, Aaron, build us a calf so you can be our new leader and we can follow this thing, Aaron's command should have been, hey, man, uh, Moses said he's coming back. Are you with me? So here's how it plays out in your ministry, in my ministry, in the church. When somebody want to tell you what to do against what God is saying, you just say, hey, last I checked, you're still prophet. <laughs> it, it'll help you. It, it, it'll help you. <laughs> really, it'll help you. It'll help you in your own thing. God has order. Come on, I want y'all to hear this. God has order. And, and a lot of us have ideas on how God's order should be. And a lot of us think we can do it a lot better than God. But if you stick with God or God's order, the likelihood of you building a golden calf has been minimized. Remember, the calf is all about us telling God what to do versus what God said he wants done. Say this with me. Say, stick with God's chosen. Next one, next one. Go to the next one real quick. This one is interesting. Okay, this, I like this. Don't fool yourself into thinking you know the way to the promised land when you just left Egypt. <laughs> I'm sorry. You haven't had a true encounter with God yet. Okay. Because you had one shout. 
he just had one meal. Y'all missing this. He just had one barbecue sandwich with God. <laughs> he, let, let me go ahead, let me go ahead, let me go ahead. And this one is accredited to my wife. See, my wife studies with me, and she shared this with me. So I'm going to give you credit just like I gave him credit. Next time I preach it, it's mine. Okay. Now, 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 Moses had been away from Egypt for over 40 years. Remember with me. He had been in Midian with Jethro, his father-in-law, been gone through the briefing, gone through deep programming. Matter of fact, when God called him to go back to Egypt, Egypt was so detestable to him that he had no desire to want to go back there because he had cleansed himself of everything that was Egypt. And now you know why it was so easy for God to call him to go back in to deliver people because he had no desire to want to go back into the stuff that God delivered him from. Are you hearing me? He had no desire to want to go back because he'd been out of it for 40 years. He dressed like a Midianite. He spoke like a Midianite. He tended sheep like a Midianite. He was no longer an Egyptian. On the contrary, when God called Aaron, he was still living. Yeah. He was still living. In Egypt. I just said to you, it's been 40 years since Aaron saw his brother. So it was so easy when the people said, choose us a leader to go back to Egypt. Aaron said, I make the first motion because I miss it too. <laughs> Are you with me? He hadn't been deprogrammed. He hadn't been desensitized. He hasn't been purified. Yes, he encountered God. Yes, he saw God. But God wasn't through with him yet. He still had character issues that needed to be resolved. So the moment Moses is absent, all he knows how to do is lead folk to Egypt. I wish I had somebody in here. Joker just got out. <laughs> and go try to, I know where, no, you don't. You know where Egypt is. Because had you known where Canaan was, the golden calf wouldn't have been on the agenda. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, people, here's a principle. Be careful of following folk who just got out. And, and, and it's no lie when they say to you, I've been with God. Oh, yeah, they had one meal. <laughs> they, they had a shout. But they hadn't spent 40 years. Yeah. Are you with me? It's one thing to come to church and have an experience with God. It's another thing to go home where God lives. <laughs> yeah. You, are, are, are you with me? Come on, are you hearing me? It's one thing to come here on Sunday morning and shout every now and then. It's another thing to go home where the shout never ends because God has made himself a residence in your house. Come on, talk to me this morning. It's one thing to say he invited me to the mountain and I've been to the mountaintop. I know what it looks like. It's another thing to never have to come off the, the mountain itself. Caution. Caution, caution, caution. Be careful in your business, in your life, in your ministry, in your whatever of following folk that just got out. <laughs> I say this to people all the time, and please, I don't want to offend nobody. Hear the spirit of what I'm saying. Don't take home buying advice from a homeless person. If they knew how to make it work, they wouldn't have been. Yeah. Same principle. And a lot of us in the church are following folk that had one meal. Are you with me? You better have been out a little bit. You better have encountered God in a different way. You better not have only have one meal with God. Hanging out with him is your cultural norm. 
Are you with me? Last thing, and I'm over time. Last one real quick. And I need to... Your life's choice should always be based on the last word you receive from what? Yeah, very, very important. Let me... There's so many scriptures I want to take you through, but I don't know if we have time. We have time. Wife said we have time. Quit praying for a fresh word. That has its moment. It has its place. It has its time. But a lot of us haven't done the last word yet. And we want a fresh word. So here's this. God, I'm waiting on you to talk. Excuse me, y'all. Inshallah, habasandarababa. Talk, Lord. Oh, glory. Got a tremor. If you don't tremor, it ain't right. God, you better say something. And God is sitting over here with the last word. You ain't done this yet. You get what I'm saying? Because last I said, you shall have no other God before me. And here you done built four or five. And you want a fresh word while these four and five are still alive. I need a fresh revelation. We even got ministries, fresh anointing. <laughs> and we, ain't done, we have not finished the last thing yet. Be careful, guys, because hang on to the last thing God said to you. Let me, let me just quote some things. Well, go here. Go to John 14. Give me a, give me a minute. Y'all give me a minute. John 14. Let me just, let me just show you this. Um, yeah. You guys all right? Yeah. John 14. Let me, um, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll skip a few and go to one more. John 14, let me know if you're there. If you're like Pastor K, put your iPad or your phone on locate, rotation lock. <laughs> so you don't get there quicker. <laughs> I'm going to show you how to do that when we get home, baby. Yeah. You got it? Okay. It's a little button on the side. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. You guys are there? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions or rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, there you may be what? So look, listen to him, verse 15. Jump down to verse 15. So if you love me, you will keep my... Interesting. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper or a comforter to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells where? With you or in you and will be where? In you. Look at verse 18. I will not leave you. How? Okay, so let me, let me Old Testament here overlaid on New Testament. I'm going home and I'm going to build you a mansion. So, wait here. So here's what you do while you're waiting. Keep my commands. And to make sure you keep the commands, I'm going to make you Aaron. I'm leaving you in charge. I'm going to send a comforter to be where with you, but he's going to be where in you. So I am authorizing you now to be my mouthpiece. Are you with me? So keeping my commands is difficult. So I'm going to give you a helper so you can do this thing. Are you with me? 
And now you know Acts 1 and 8 that says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost come upon you. And you shall be martyrs is the Greek word, witnesses unto me. Y'all know this. See, the problem with a lot of us is when we read that, we think the Holy Spirit comes so we can have good church. So we can shout, so we can get excited, so we can raise our hand. And we don't realize that the dominant purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to keep the... Ah, uh, 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 okay. And then go over to Ephesians. Go over to Ephesians. Uh, while you're going there, let me just quote Acts chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 2 talks about on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. Y'all remember that one, right? Okay, go to Ephesians 1 first. Let me pass it and we're going to stop. Ephesians 1, jump down to verse uh, 13. Yeah. Same in if you're there. Okay, verse 13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with what? Look at verse 14. Who is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise and the glory, uh, to his praise and glory? Come on, point to yourself and say, if you're saved, point to yourself and say, self. I have the Spirit, so now I'm God's mouthpiece. One more time. Say, self, the Spirit of God lives in me, so now I'm God's mouthpiece. Very, very important. Very, very important thing that I'm going to share. So let me, let me tell you what. God is going up to the mountains to prepare this mansion. He's coming back. He's already been on Calvary. He's died. Now in his transition, he says, if there is any dispute... Go to them. So if I have a dispute, I can check with the person. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where he is. Come on, say amen, y'all. If there's any dispute, I can check with the thing. So if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, here's how it says. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not work, so that anyone should, no one should boast. And it says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So here's what that looks like. When the crowd calls a business meeting and they rise up against me, all I need to do is check with the word on the inside, and that prevents me from building the golden calf. And I hang on to the last thing that God said to me, keep my commands. And if his command is don't make no other God, don't make it out of silver, don't make it out of gold, don't make any graven image. If his command is don't commit adultery, don't fornicate, don't lie, don't backstab. If his command is thou shalt not steal, if his command is bring the tithe, if his command is this and his command is pure, I check on the inside and when the culture calls a business meeting, I say it is written. Are you hearing me? You wonder now why in Matthew when the enemy came and tempted Jesus and said to him, if you are the son of God, build that golden calf. Listen to what Jesus says. It is written, thou shalt not tempt. I wish I had somebody in here. If you're the son of God, build that golden calf. Cast yourself. It says he's using the word against him now. He's going to release angel. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. I wish I had somebody in here. When the enemy came and it came against him and it tried to get him caught, Jesus would always check with the person on the inside so he might not sin against God. And he refused to build a golden calf because he understood the last thing God said, keep my commands. <sighs> and so here's how Matthew 6 and 33 says it for those of us who want stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all that stuff is going to come. Quit praying for the stuff when you haven't sought I wish I had somebody in here when you haven't sought me yet. Quit praying for a fresh word. Pray for a fresh this. When you haven't done this yet, seek me first. And the result of you seeking me, I'm going to bless you beyond measure that you won't have room in store for it. David puts it this way in Psalms. Thy word have I hidden in my heart 
that I might not sin against God. Now, let me be cautious. Because you have the word here, it doesn't mean that you're not going to sin. After all, you are flesh. Well, we are flesh. Are you with me? We are flesh. And if you're like me, you're going to just, you're going to be coming down off the mountain with fresh word, man, in your hands. And you're going to see something, and you're going to drop the word and cuss some folk out. And y'all not hearing me. Are you with me? Are you with me? But here's what made David a man's after God's own heart. When confronted with his sin, he did not justify it. He repented. Are you guys hearing me this morning? Let's not make Aaron's mistake by allowing the culture to diffuse in our lives what God has already said. Get the word in your heart. Get the word in your heart. Get the word. Get the word in your heart. True story, and I'm going to end. Brothers are holding me accountable for this one, so I got to tell it. <laughs> um, yeah, shut up, y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I got to do it, yeah. They say, you got to do it, so I got to do it. Wednesday, we had Bible study. Um, spirit is flowing. I'm coming off the mountain with my tablets. I mean, Shonda in the whole shebang. I mean, talking about, you can see the glory coming off me. So, <laughs> uh, my wife calls me and says, there's this car you have that these tickets keeps coming in the mail, and it's a car that I'm just going to summarize by saying I let somebody use, and they stole it. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. So report the car stolen. So I go to the police station to report the car stolen. And police officer hears my story. I just got the nerve to laugh in my face. What do you do that for? I was one tablet. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Come on, y'all. And so I'm like, dude, I came for help, man. My car got stolen. And he just like said, well, you came, filed it stolen. It's been over a year. I said, I was trying to help somebody, and now I'm calling and I return the call. Car showing up. I'm getting all kinds of stuff in the mail. I mean, this is getting, I got to protect my reputation. I am a pastor. You do realize that. And he kept going on, other tablet done dropped. You know? <laughs> so by then, the glory has departed. We're talking Ichabod here, you know. <laughs> I mean, Restoration Christian Fellowship, what's that? You know. So I'm like going south on this dude, and then he's not, you know, he's behind glass. That's why I'm so bad. And, uh, and, and, and then he's not helping me. So I said, cool, I can fix this since you know what happened and you won't help me. I'm going to go to a precinct down the road, and I'm going to file there. You can't do that. That'll be lying. Da, da, da. I got it. If the car been gone for a year, I'll make it be gone yesterday. You know, you kind of get the deal. So I go to the other precinct up by my house. And I want to report a stolen car. And they said, okay, call this number, blah, 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 blah. And so I call. I want to report a stolen car. Get them my VIN number. Sure, let's patch you into the dispatcher. They're going to take a police report. The phone ring. Back to that same brother's desk. <laughs> Yeah, I dropped all four tablets by then. <laughs> so we going at it on the phone. I'm like, you can't call here, like, man. I'm trying to get help, man. My car stolen. We, I tell you what, talk to the dial tone. Click. I hung up. I'm your pastor, y'all. And so by then, you know, it takes the Holy Spirit a while before guilt steps in. It, you know, he'll let you struggle in your own stuff. Look out the window, make sure no cops come in. You know, he kind of, you know. <laughs> the next day, the Lord convicted me so hard. I mean, I'm talking conviction. I'm still dwelling in that. And the Lord said to me, go down to the police station and apologize. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to make it. I haven't made it yet, but I'm going to make it. <laughs> 
I am going to make it. Yeah, that was the last word God said. So, so I got to go. I have to go. I have to go. But, but I said that to say that obedience is difficult at times. But when you hear God speaking, you must obey. You must obey. I've rehearsed my apology <laughs> so many times. So Monday, I have, a, I have a date, and the brother's been texting me, you gone yet? I'm like, it ain't Monday, man. You know? <laughs> if you want to stay in the will of God, people, obey God as difficult as it may be. Are oh, you hearing me? As difficult as it may be. So you don't build a golden calf and then have to suffer the consequences of it. I know the hour is late, but I want to pray a prayer of repentance. And this prayer of repentance is my prayer, but I want you to pray your prayer. Because if you're like me, I know there's been times in your life where you have laid the tablets down, where you heard God clearly but we still made the choice to do us. The beauty of God, and, and I, I'm not going to go here with another part of this series. I'm leaving it alone. As much as Aaron jacked up, God still made a priesthood lineage out of him. Man, that's grace. That's, I studied that thing to see if God was going to kill him. Just couldn't find it. He still blessed him. He still punished him, but he still blessed him. And today we hear of the ironic priesthood, the ironic blessing. We hear of all of that in spite of a person who failed that much. When I say to you, God specializes in using rejects, <laughs> man, there's no failure you can have that God can't fix and use you through. Are you hearing me this morning? I say this all the time. I'm a witness of failures that God still uses. Come on. And he can do the same thing. But the heart must be a repentant heart. God, I'm sorry. I give it back to you. So I want to invite you just to stand to your feet this morning. And in the presence of God, you just go before the Lord and just... If you're not afraid, just to raise your hand and say, Lord, Connie, can I put you on the spot? Can you come on up for a little while just to pray? I'm not going to lay hands on you or nothing. Just... She's like, oh, Lord, what I done did. I want you to lead us in a prayer of repentance.